You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. I so need to do this. I've been needing to do this for years. I am a hoarder. I said hoarder. That's what I am. I keep everything. My biggest sin or my biggest thing is keeping everything that my children give me. Every little heart they've drawn, every little stick figure, every little flower, every stone that they've painted for me from outside. Everything. I I have memory boxes. I have no place for my shoes in my cupboards because memory boxes are there with everything. I even keep the candles from all of their birthdays. And considering my eldest is 13, (laughs) that's a lot of candles. So I keep everything. And I read the other day, I think I was on LinkedIn, and there was an article about how decluttering your physical space can actually mean so much for decluttering other aspects of your life in terms of your emotions, in terms of your professional life, if you're feeling a little bit stuck. And I thought there's something we actually need to be talking about is decluttering. So in our masterclass this afternoon, we're chatting to Kirsten Jensen. She's the founder of sosorted.co.za. Kirsten, I need help. Hello. <laughs> so... Let's get straight to it. What is the difference between between being sentimental and then being a hoarder? Am I sentimental or am I a hoarder? Am I being hard on myself? I, I don't think that you are a hoarder. Okay, thanks. You are definitely not a hoarder. Okay. Hoarder, and I, I quite often when I arrive at clients, they say to me, uh, I'm such a hoarder, I'm so embarrassed. Um, but it's actually, hoarding is actually a psychological disorder and there's very few hoarders mm. in the world. There are collectors. Oh. There are those who are sentimental, like mm-hmm. yourself. That's me. There are those who just like stuff. There are shopaholics. And all of those can lead to having too much stuff, mm. but you're not a hoarder. Okay. A hoarder is when you, if in your house, you, you walk into a room and you don't recognize what that room is used for. Uh, we've just ah. recently had a client, um, just down the road from the studio, actually, and mm. they, they were a hoarder and we were, we were decluttering what I thought was a study. And when all the stuff was off the floor, we realized it was a bedroom. There were two beds underneath what? it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> a guest room they never knew they had. <laughs> Correct. Imagine that. Little Correct. jewels in your own home. Correct. So, so th- yeah, so, th- so I would say that you are definitely sentimental. Um, and there's nothing wrong. Mm. It's, a, it's a human thing, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, what I do advocate um, is that... Uh, being sentimental doesn't mean you have to keep every little stick figure, every little heart. Mm. And and as we were saying off air, your child is not judging you for what you choose to dispose of. Or what they don't know. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Well, I have a friend on that note who did that very thing. She said, oh, I found all these papers and, you know, I put it in the bin and I said they wouldn't know. And lo and behold, the kids found that in the <laughs> They were so upset with their mother i don't know if i even want that's years of therapy okay for the children it will pass it will pass pass. at the moment it was probably hell but it will pass so how do you know that it's time to declutter let's start with the physical and then i want to go to the link between uh, you know what's happening in your physical space and then everything else in your life let's talk physically first in your house your office whatever this room is how do you know that it's now time to declutter. So, so the, fir- the, the first and most obvious thing that I would say is um, when you can't move around freely in your, in your home, when you have a room that causes you stress when you just walk in and you have a look at it, whether it's a kitchen where you can't see your kitchen counters, whether it is that bedroom that you can't recognize it's mm-hmm. it's useful okay, and you know and it's pictures. got all the files and all mm-hmm. the the papers and the books and things on the floor when you can't find things that you're looking for 
that, that, is, that for me is an obvious sign. You search for ages to find something. Client that I've just come from now, we're trying to clear off her iPad, can't find her password. Her iPad. Her so you, iPad. So you so declutter wants, the iPad so we do, devices. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so we, we do digital decluttering because that has exactly the same effect on your psyche as decluttering physical things. Mm. So for her iPad, she couldn't find the password. And she opened up her wallet. She says, I know it's in there somewhere. <laughs> and, and that person. The papers <laughs> came out and there wasn't a single password there. So yeah. when you can't find what you're looking for, and that is stressful. She yeah. was beside herself because we had to clear how was she off. using it all this time? So she, the password she could get into it, but she couldn't get into it. was actually her Apple ID. She couldn't oh, get in. So okay. I said, oh, how are you getting your apps and mm, things mm. like that? Oh, no, I just I download this, the free stuff. I don't need my – Wow. I use my thumbprint. Hence the clutter. She's downloading correct, all the free stuff. <laughs> correct. That's exactly it. So definitely when you can't find things that you're looking for. When you're looking for your rates and taxes and things like that, if you're still getting paper copies of it and you can't find it, it's surely a sign – that you know that it's time time yeah, to declutter. Yeah. Um, I I I I still maintain that when your home is no longer a happy place for you, and we experienced it a lot post COVID, yes. and when people were in lockdown, we, they hated their homes. Yeah, they, they really, were spending a lot of time in there, so correct, they finally saw correct what that was, was happening. Yeah. They couldn't. They they were unhappy with their homes. They wanted change. They wanted to live with less. They wanted. I call it their shoulders to droop. They kind of wanted the stress off their shoulders because they were not enjoying the clutter and the stuff around them. Yeah, yeah. I'm at that point. There's this one room in my house that I actually don't even want to look in there. <laughs> I'm afraid of who's in there. I don't know who's under all of it. But that's, you know, that's, that's just, I suppose, again, not, not, not letting go of things and not wanting to let go of things. So how do you decide? How do you decide mm. what is clutter? And what can be kept? So, so I would, a starting point always for me is eat this elephant in small bites. Mm. Do not try to do the entire picture. Do not try to do your entire home. Take one room, one cupboard, one drawer mm. and have a look at that. When it comes to cupboards and drawers and things like that, I always advocate taking stuff out. N not in a Marie Kondo way where everything gets piled on the bed and things like that. I kind of advocate it in smaller bits okay. so that you can see what you're working with. No one can sort anything when they open cupboard doors and have a look inside. Then you just give up and shut the doors Correct. like I do. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and you land, it becomes worse. It becomes worse when you see that and it just becomes a clutter space. So, so I say, firstly, eat this elephant in, in small bites. Mm. Um, I also do say, take your time. Um, you don't want to rush into it. And particularly when you're starting off, you'll find that actually you will gather momentum and you will start to mm. work quicker. Mm. But start off slowly. It is an emotionally stressful thing to do. Yeah. So you want to take it slowly and take your time. Accept help. Accept help to lessen the emotional strain. Yeah. Does it help to have somebody who's not attached, like a stranger so, like yourself, right? So, so what we advocate is, is three methods. Either you try and do it on your own, which is probably the most difficult way yeah. of doing it. Yeah. You get a relative, whether it is your spouse or a friend or, um, or, or someone who you are close to, perhaps your domestic help, someone that is an extra pair of hands to mm. assist you and someone that is kind of like your, um, uh, conscience. Uh, yeah, your, your sounding board. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> Not your spouse because I can see the fights that are going to happen. Well, there. Yeah. I say the, thir the third method, which I say is get help, outside help yeah. is to prevent 
Yeah. The the friction with you because that's going to happen in my house. I can just I, tell you now. I do a heck of a lot of marriage counselling in my work. <laughs> I'll tell sure. you that, and I'm not a qualified <laughs> marriage counsellor because it is much easier for me to become the the boxing bag, the punching bag. Yeah. Um, Shame. Because, for you. but it's fine because my clients won't do it. Yeah. So they do. I do bear a little bit of of their brunt, yeah. but I. But by far, my clients treat me with much more respect than they would their spouse. Of course. Um, and, and quite often the spouse then just goes away. And whether it is me helping a, a husband and the wife is in the background nattering about getting rid of all the extra undies and socks and things like that, eventually we have an agreement where I say to her, let me work with John Doe. Mm. I'll come back, call you back in, and you have a look. And 100% of the time, I'm successful Okay. As opposed to her nagging in the background. And it works the same when I'm working with the ladies and the husbands are in the background, wh- wh- yeah. whatever else. Yeah. So we do advocate getting outside help if if mm. that is an option for you. Okay. So, be, be, before we continue with the steps there, I just want to give out our number for anybody who has questions for you, Kirsten. If you, if you want to take that first step to decluttering or you just don't know where to start, give us a call 011-883-0702 or WhatsApp us 072-702-1702. We'll take your voice notes. We'll take your written notes, whatever you want to send us. We're talking decluttering in our masterclass. And Kirsten Jensen, founder of sosorted.co.za, is here to help us out. 702 Masterclass. So, when we, before we get to step one, two, and three, Kirsten, mm. let's just go to how decluttering your physical space actually does so much for your psyche and that connection. Right. The decluttering your physical space, what it does for your psyche, your emotional state, also your professional life, if, you, if, if, you don't, if, if that's in a little bit of a mess as well. Is there that connection and, how, and, and you know, how is it all related? Yeah, so, so the one thing, that, and I think it comes back to our conversation about uh, sentimental stuff, you, dealing with an emotional attachment to material thing has, um, it, sorry, let me take a step back. You need to realize that you are letting go of the item. You're letting go of the thing. You're not letting go of the emotion. Mm. And so many times I have clients who say, oh, you know, it was my, my deceased husband that gave me this in mm. 1948. Mm. And it's, a, and you know, we kind of listen to the, to the sub story. You're not getting rid of the memory. But what you're doing is you are lightening the load because what you're seeing visually is the thing. Mm. You are not just because you're getting rid of something doesn't mean you're getting rid of the memory. So I think that that connection between the physical item and the emotional attachment, you kind of do need to draw the line, and you you eventually get to a point where mm-hmm. you realise that with everything. So um so so that, that 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 is the one that is the one thing. The other thing is people are afraid of getting rid of memories, yeah. um and 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 it's it's tough. I had one client who was telling me about a picnic that she went on with her husband in 1940 when she came to South Africa, and mm. I heard this amazing story and it was the most beautiful picnic basket she was moving to a tiny home she did not have space for this picnic basket and her husband had passed away 20 years previously so i had said to her tell me about that picnic and while she's telling me about the picnic the picnic basket is slowly going out of the room and i put it in the room next door and she carries on telling me about the her emotion and the experience and the memories and she was she was in her 80s. Mm. She still had the memory of that picnic. And I said to her, you've told me that whole story without looking at that picnic basket. Shame. And there you go. Does so she know her, it's gone now? No, no. So I didn't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just in the room next door. Okay. So when I said to her, 
It's out of the room, but you can remember this thing. She said, let it go. And that letting go was the relief of oh, where am I going to find space okay. to put the stuff? So there's that a, a connection between the space or the lack thereof and the emotional connection. To know that when you're getting rid of stuff, you're not getting rid of memories. <laughs> it's just getting rid of this physical stuff around you as i said before i call it the low shoulder thing yeah. i see it all the time when i'm decluttering in my clients homes the first day very uptight tense. shoulders are tense yeah. yeah very uptight and it is hard because primarily the emotional side of it not getting rid of the physical thing it's the emotional side by day two the shoulders have started to drop down and there's a lot more joking and a lot more fun and a lot more enthusiasm by day three most of my clients are saying do whatever you want <laughs> because they realize yeah. this relief this wash of relief that comes over them when their stuff is gone that's the connection between getting rid of physical mm. stuff and emotional freedom shame i feel bad because i mean i still have wedding cards that people gave me i'm like they pay you know the price of cards these days because they're not cheap and i think people paid money for this how can i just throw it away and then i got to think about all the the paper mites that are living in my house but you know, the fish mites. <laughs> what, what you're saying about the price the cost of the cards mm. it's so often is a thing with my clients that are struggling with storage space and they say well you know i want to keep this and i, I always use the example of the oak dining room table the dining room table in the 1980s probably cost 500 rand. Mm. Well, it's still in perfect condition 40 years later. Mm. Have you got space for it? No. How much is it worth now? Have you got 500 rand's worth of use out of it? Mm. Yes. Therefore, the cost now, the value of it now, doesn't matter. You've had the use out of it. Have they bought you the wedding card because they wanted to and it was done out of the goodness of their heart? Or did they buy it so that they could show you that they bought a 40 rand greeting card? <laughs> or put money in it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Take the money out Take before you throw it away. <laughs> okay, well, and, and I suppose what you're, what, what you're saying is also is that, you know, things don't have to be thrown away. You can re no. you, you can give it to a charity shop or Correct. you know somebody else in need so and, it's and not that, going away forever and that does get me to the next point that mm. next step in how to declutter you kind of want to make three parts the one is stuff that you really want to keep okay. and that's not negotiable okay the second the second thing is stuff that you definitely don't want anymore and we'll get back to that one and then the third pile is maybe you cannot make all your decisions up front just simply black and white, keep and get rid of. You want that maybe, pal, because I believe strongly in an iterative approach. Okay. With the stuff that is going away, there are so many options of what to do with it. There is the option of selling it on, whether you're using a, a platform like Facebook Marketplace, whether you're using mm. auctioneers, whether you're selling it to private buyer, there are lots of options of selling it on. Okay. There are lots of options of gifting it and gifting in the form of a charitable donation. There are lots of charities that, that are out there that need it and a lot of charities that have charity sh shops. Yes. So they'll sell it on and the money will go yes. to support the charity. We just, however, we iterate with our clients, charities are not dumping grounds. Yes, and yes, that's don't, true. They don't, don't take stuff that no one can use ever. Correct, yeah. correct. So there, there is that charitable aspect. We are strong advocates of recycling. So stuff that really cannot be sold, cannot be uh, used in a charity mm. shop and needs to be disposed of, recycle it, reuse it. Quite often we advocate reusing glass containers. Fabulous things for, for kitchen, to store in your kitchen. Don't just simply send it off to the trash, to the trash heap. Mm, so, mm. very strong advocates of, of, of recycling. When it comes to electronics, we're very strong advocates of moving your cell phone on. 
the cell phone that you upgraded three upgrades ago, it's sitting in your bottom drawer. A lot of people in this country need it. Yeah. And particularly, you know, we, it, we always keep a just-in-case phone. What happens if my phone yeah. breaks? You don't need 10 just-in-case oh, phones. Per- I found a Blackberry <laughs> in my kitchen drawer under the kitchen towels the other day. A Blackberry. Oh, I don't know if anyone fantastic. even knows how to use a Blackberry these days. But I found one. That's, I'm, I'm that person. Well, there you I'm go. guilty. There I'm guilty. So we need to get, get with the program or the idea that less is more. Correct. Mm. Correct. Um, you know, the, the, this, this idea of the, your stuff being used by someone else, your stuff going out there to be, to be, um, to be reused, to be repurposed, to not simply fill landfill, but to, clutter, to declutter your space. It's a fantastic thing. It's a feel-good thing. Mm. And you kind of need to remind yourself that getting rid of the stuff isn't just for your own benefit. It's for the benefit of those around you. Yes. And for the benefit of your spouse. And, <laughs> yes. Lots of things. Lots of things come to mind. Lots of rooms I'm picturing as we're talking. That's Kirsten Jensen, founder of SoSorted.co.za. Uh, with us uh, on our masterclass today, we're talking decluttering your life. And it's not just your physical space because this has an impact on many other aspects of your life in terms of your emotional, um, the, the emotional aspects. Aspects, the professional aspects of it as well and this is what Kirsten does for a living she 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 comes in and she she kind of takes charge cuts the cord on some things and says you can live without this you absolutely can live what's the worst thing you've ever seen oh my other goodness. than finding two surprise beds under piles of things <laughs> yeah well I have I have found a bottle of tonsils next what? to a bed. <laughs> what? Yeah. and this this that interestingly it was really an, an, an eye-opener when it came to understanding people's emotional turmoil and what a true hoarder is because hoard uh, one of the signs of hoarding is actually hoarding body parts mm. that sounds t- terrible wow. but, but the, the body parts is not chopping off your finger well, like and baby teeth and it. stuff right correct, i was correct, that person i had correct. quite a few teeth and i didn't know which child it came from eventually no. so i tossed them out put yeah. it, no put it in an envelope <laughs> and label it and seal the envelope and what put it in the memory box <laughs> you know you're going to show your kids one day yeah. i still have my baby teeth I do, okay. but I, they are in a tiny little box. But not all 30 some of them. Not all 30 okay. something of them, and my memorabilia box is tiny. It's tinier than a shoebox. The baby teeth were in there because they were quite precious, and yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. But this finding the tonsils was wow. a bit of an eye opener, and they that's were. That's freaky. Yeah, it, mm. it was, it was. But she, the, the client did have. Um, emotional problems uh, and she was the definition of a classic hoarder so yeah. so that that for us what was quite an eye opener wow, wow. Yeah, that okay. was quite something all right well oh one one eight eight three oh seven oh two. if you want to chat to kirsten about uh, decluttering or whatsapp us oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. some voice notes coming through already can we take a listen to some greetings 702 if a person has a collection of books in excess of 2,000 books. And it's not reading books. This is a collection of political books, history and geography, because the person is interested in the world and what's happening. Is this hoarding or is this just simply a case of you building a library to one day donate to a political school or some institution that can use it? Open a political school, I say. I or open say. a bookshop. <laughs> oh, wow, 2,000 books. That's I love my something. books. I also don't borrow, I buy. Um, I buy amazing. books, but yeah. How do you deal with that? But you know, Yvonne, I mean, we've just cleared a ha- uh, house in, um, in Parktown uh, close by, and they, 
the, I have never seen so many books in a home before. Mm. Every single conceivable space had a bookshelf in it. Cool. And um, the client, very sadly, had, had dementia and he was in a, in a care home. And the, the house had to be clear. The house mm. was for sale. And what we did in a case like that was we identified categories. And I think that this will talk to the, the, um, the WhatsApp caller because the... We assume that a library wants the books. We assume that a collector wants the books. But actually, when we did the sort of all of these books, and our client was a geologist, so he had, there was a, a lot of geology books and geology-related books and a lot of interesting books. But when we had categorized them all, the geology books actually all went off to the Department of Geology at UJ, which was fantastic uh, because okay. they wanted them. Yes. But that, that was probably, probably about 10 boxes of books. The balance of the books, um, we, we, we sold what we could, and there were about 30 boxes of books that could be sold. There were a lot of books that were so damaged. What you're saying with the dust mites and the paper mites mm, and mm, things like mm. that, there were a lot of books. They had open fireplaces in the house, so the, the books were damaged by soot and things like that. So a lot had to actually be pulped. The mm. paper had to be pulped. Um, and then the, the, there were some collectible books which went to a, a local book collector. So, so when we have a look at this book, this, this library of 2,000 books, not to say that all the books will go to a, a, a library or a place that needs the donation. We also shouldn't make the assumption that someone just simply wants our stuff. And that yeah. applies to so many things, things that our kids inherit. Uh, we kind of assume, oh, the kids want the crystal ware. Kids may not want the crystal yeah. The kids want the Noritake. The kids may not want the Noritake. <laughs> and all the pots. Correct. <laughs> I mean, we, had, we did have a case with books. We had a doctor. He had the most magnificent medical library. He had the most amazing books. And not one university from, from Joburg down to Cape Town wanted his collection really? of books. And we, co we contacted, we probably contacted 10 to Just 15. Just even, even for free? For free. Yeah, hmm. and th that's why I'm saying to, to your caller now, you kind of just don't make the assumption that everyone wants it, but the sentiment, her sentiment is right. Yeah. Her sentiment is correct, and it doesn't make her a hoarder. Yeah. It makes her a good person that she wants to encourage literacy. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And, and, and for me, books are precious, yeah. absolutely precious. And I'm that person, and I think when my daughter's old enough, she's going to read because she likes the same type of books that I do, and I'm hoping right. that I could pass them on. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of, of, of sort of renting a storage space. I'm going <laughs> no, there. No, don't go there. <laughs> I know, that's don't go there. <laughs> okay. That's a swear word. <laughs> that's a swear word. Okay, we'll come back and take more of your calls and more of your messages and voice notes. 011 0702 or 072 702 We are talking uh, decluttering your life, decluttering your house, your space, and which ultimately leads to decluttering other things in terms of, of your emotions and other things that are that are just crowding your mind and crowding your house as well. And helping us along with this is Kirsten Jensen. She's a founder of SoSorted.co.za. They come into your home and help you just let go of the things that you actually don't even know are there. <laughs> That's, I mean, finding those beds, I still can't get over that. What's worse for you, Kirsten? Kids' rooms or adults' rooms? What have you found is worse? Sure, it's a tough one. It depends on what we're asked to assist with. Um, but, but before before we get there, I wanted to chat about John's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fascinating. Because, that. and I can kind of bring it into into adults' rooms. But um, I, I I call those just in case shoes. Mm, mm, and we yeah, have that's lots, what he said. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's paint the house. We, but but we have lots of just in case items. So so you know in. We, we, we decluttered a client's home where he had something like 36 pillows. 
What? And to sleep she, on, or those fancy ones? No, they were just regular, regular sized pillows. And as we gathered them from all the bedrooms in the house, and he lived alone, and we put them all on his dining room table in a massive pile, and we said to him, so what, what are the pillows? And he said, it's just in case I have friends to sleep over. <laughs> How many? There were 36. 36. I, sent, <laughs> I said to him, do you have that many friends? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so, and that kind of talks to John's shoes because if, you know, if, if, if John was my client, I would question it. And what I would do is certainly encourage him to keep a pair of painting shoes. A pair, yes. I, I, exactly. It's and always the what if. It's the Correct. what if. That's, that's, that's what causes Correct. a lot of this problem. Hey? I, I, I have clients who, who have what if groceries, the just in case groceries. Uh, I had a client who was, a, she, she, she had a bakery and she, she kept half the groceries for the bakery in her garage and the balance in the bakery itself. And I said to her, why? She said, well, that's just in case we run out in the bakery. And I said, yes, but the bakery is 20 kilometers from your house. So certainly between <laughs> your house and the bakery, shop in there's a shop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But if it's an emergency, it's just in case, then it's in my garage. And there is, it's a mindset shift. Yeah. It's also very much a, a, what, a, what is commonly known as a war mentality. You yeah. kind of want to hold on to stuff because yeah. you haven't had in the past. Um, so so, so when it comes to decluttering adult spaces, there's all these issues that we have to, to have to grapple with, whether it is just in case stuff or whether it is the war mentality or the holding on to the just in case mm, stuff. Mm. When it comes to kids spaces, I quite like doing kids rooms because um, it teaches good habits and Children that learn to declutter and live in a less cluttered space generally grow to adults who can manage their own space as well. Um, um, in, in, with, with my own um, circumstance, we lived in Asia. We lived in a very small home in Asia mm. when my children were very small. And we had to teach our children a one-in-one-out policy. Uh, you get a toy, something has to go because we did not have space for it. And still to this day, my children, when they, my daughter, my teenage daughter, when she buys clothes, she goes to her cupboard and has a look at what she can get rid of out of the cupboard. Oh, that's what so, I need to do. Well, it's, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a habit. You have to teach yourself the habit. And that's why I like doing this with, with kids' rooms. It teaches kids to clean up after themselves. Yeah. So if we get systems in place for them, whether it is for their station whether it's for their school books, whether it's for their toys. It teaches them to put their stuff away. It teaches them to put stuff where they can find it, you <laughs> <laughs> they, know, and they don't have to, Mom, I can't find Co this. And correct, the moment you get up correct. there, it's, yeah, they found so, it. So I do, I, I, I do like doing children's rooms and teenage spaces. Um, it, I, I teach uh, particularly young girls with good fashion sense mm. would teach them how to fold their clothes, how to fit their clothes in their spaces, in their limited spaces. Um, so, yeah, if, if I could choose between the two, I do like the, the, uh, the, the younger person's space because it teaches good habits. I like doing the old, older people's space, older adult space, mm. because we make a difference yeah because yeah. they're unable to do it themselves and letting go just exactly. letting go uh, john also mentioned photographs so <sighs> i was just you know and i'm that person and i don't know what made me print Th i printed thousands of photographs and i said i'm going to put these into albums i even mm. paid someone to do that for me mm. but we live in an age of digital um, albums as well yes absolutely <laughs> what we do with so many of our clients particularly our, old, our older clients that are downsizing into smaller retirement homes with it is not space for all the millions of albums and boxes of photos and things like that. We actually digitize. We have contractors that digitize on our behalf and it is life changing. Yeah. We do and, and the same goes for music. We do the same CDs. with the clients. People who still I still have CDs. <laughs> we I teach my clients how to use various music apps. 
um, and it's the way to go. And they are very, very resistant because they are unaware of what wondrous stuff exists out there in apps. Yes. You know, oh, but I can't get, I had a very funny story from last week. I had a client who had a, 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 a an LP. It was, Hey Polly Wiggle. And for those listeners, <laughs> now you, you won't get the song out of your head. And the, the album was Polly Wiggle. And she said, oh, I love this. She says, I haven't listened to it for years. I'm not getting rid of this. I said, firstly, you've got rid of your record players. You're not going to listen to it. She says, but I won't find it anywhere. I won't find it on Spotify. I won't find Mm. it on Apple Music. I said, let's try YouTube. And there and then on my phone, I opened YouTube and I looked for Hey Polly Wiggle and found it. And since that day, I haven't got that song out of my head. (laughs) But I showed her that it can, she can get it on YouTube. And she was very savvy when it comes to watching YouTube on her smart yeah, TV yeah. and things like that. And she was sold and she said, right, here, take Shame, the Shame, but an LP, isn't that a collector's thing now? Just hey, to have Polly, the vinyl. Hey, Polly Wiggle is not a collector's <laughs> okay, item. Not the <laughs> song. But yeah, so, okay. so she also did have the most unbelievable, uh, the most unbelievable uh, collection of, mm. of, of LPs. But when we went to play them, a lot of them were already damaged. Oh, so okay. it wasn't about okay. the collectability of it. It was just the fact that it was reminiscing about what she had. Well, I saw someone do something wonderful with LPs. I think, what do they do? They, they drill little holes in them and then they hung them up on little like uh, fishing gut or whatever from the ceiling and yeah. made it something decorative. So, Amazing. you know, Amazing. that's an idea. My but, daughter has them pasted all over a bedroom wall. Yeah. You, know, you can do it. That's a lot of dusting, though. <laughs> it's going to collect dust. All right. We're talking decluttering. And if, if you have stuff and you don't know if you if this constitutes hoarding or if you're being sentimental like me um, and you don't know where to begin and you have a particular room that is a problem for you and you don't know what to do about it, you can ask Kirsten. Give us a call 011-883-0702 or WhatsApp us. Send us your voice notes or send us your messages 072-702-1702. You can ask Kirsten. Give us a call 011-883-0702 or WhatsApp us. Send us your voice notes or send us your messages 072-702-1702. 702 Masterclass And we are talking decluttering with Kirsten Jensen. She's the founder of sosorted.co.za. If you have things that you absolutely don't know how to get rid of or you you don't know if you should get rid of this or if it's something that you should hold on to, well, Kirsten and her team can come in and help you cut the cord. They can help you get rid of that. So if you don't actually know where to begin, um, she's here to help you. You've got a couple of minutes left to actually uh, send us your, your, your voice notes or your messages. 011-883-0702 is how you can reach us as well. And, you know, Kirsten, I would imagine that there's a certain amount of shame or people not wanting to, to admit that this is the state of their home or a particular room in their home or what, that this is what's going on. Absolutely, Rebecca. You know, we have, a, we, I, I, I start a, a sorry jar when I arrive at my clients because the first thing that 90% of my clients do is apologize. When <laughs> I arrive at their front door, I'm so sorry for the mess. I'm so sorry. And in most cases, it's not a mess. It's yeah. in their mind they have this shame. Oh, I'm embarrassed of my home. I'm embarrassed. Mm. I'm embarrassed about the mess. I'm embarrassed about the clutter. I'm embarrassed about too, too much stuff. There is a, a, a lot of shame associated with it. But I always say to my clients, the mere fact that you've taken the step to get help yes. means that you're over that shame. Yeah. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. I always say to my clients, be proud of your home. Mm. Whether your home is in a complete state or whether it is per- perfect and no clutter or whatever else, 
be proud of your home and there is no shame mm-hmm. so the, sh- the 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 shame thing is a very real thing but it's 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 good for the listeners to know that they're not alone in feeling these these terrible thoughts. There are so many negative mm, uh, mm. connotations with, 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 with clutter. There, there is guilt, you know, guilt. Oh, I, I can't, I can't let stuff go. Yeah. There's the guilt of yeah. mom with yeah. the hearts that are yes. drawn with the t- children. Yes. So, 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 so there's that guilt. There's guilt of getting rid of stuff that was gifted to you that you may not like. Um, so, so there, there, there's a lot of guilt. There's emotional attachment to things. There's, 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 um, so, so there, there's so many negative connotations yeah. with clutter and with stuff. Yeah. But I like to, I'm a glass half full person, <laughs> and I always like to look forward and see what you have got to look forward to when the clutter goes away. Yes. And there's so much good stuff that, com- that comes out of getting rid of stuff, whether it is the physical positive stuff or whether it is the emotional stuff. And the mere fact that you've taken that step to get over that shame, to say, I need help to do it, or I need to, today I will declutter my garage. Mm. You've taken the first step to get away from that negative connotation yes, of guilt, yes. of and shame. Then, and you kind of free yourself a little bit. Okay, we've got a voice note coming through. Ooh, it's about someone's husband. Mm. <laughs> Decluttering, hey? My husband's my husband has agenda thingies and files from 2016 and we moved homes. He said he was going to throw the stuff away. He still has the stuff. So anyway, and I, from my side, I've been studying and I've got old books. I try selling them online. I find buyers and then I cancel the sale. I say, no, 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 I want to donate it. But I don't even know who to donate it to. But I know there's a lot of people that can uh, use the books. I would really like to find someone who is studying with UNISA. They're doing become HR or something. Yeah, possibly their second or third year. Thank you. Okay, so documents. Documents is a big thing. And you know, a couple of years ago, my dad gave me a file with all of my reports from class one. We were class then, not even stages. All of that. And you... And you and you feel how can I how can I get rid of that? You don't have to. Took the time to keep it. Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> reports. I mean, how how many years were you at school? Twelve years. A long 12, time ago. Twelve yeah. twelve mm-hmm. reports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeping twelve reports. There's nothing wrong with that, and that fits into the bottom of your memorabilia box. Yes. So on stuff like that, my father did the same thing. Mm. My dad moved home. And same thing. He gave me a big box of documents, and there was a lot of rubbish in there, and I took out all the reports. Kept all those reports and still at 48 years old, I yeah. still have all those reports. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with yes. that. And I, yeah, and I just thought about that and said, I have to keep this. There's no way I, I, I have to, I, I, you know, I can get rid of this. But, but let's, let's share some help for our, our person with all the agendas and things kept in files. What for? So, so you know, from my, my side, I, I, I say to my clients, are there any documents that are essential that you need to reuse? Mm. And in many of those cases, I prefer to digitize the stuff. Get it, get it scanned and save it digitally and archive it digitally so that you can find it easily and then mm. you don't need that paper. Yeah. So we do try to encourage our clients to do that. I also, with my clients that are less, that are more resistant to digitizing the stuff, I do advocate a very simple filing system. I like to use concertina files for paperwork yes. and you do that by year. And one concertina file can last can be for three or four years and you just file it and mm. rates and taxes and, uh, Egoli gas or whatever you have yeah, and you have yeah. it in, the, in that order and then you can easily go and find the stuff and you don't have to punch holes in it because this is what I find with my clients will not 
file stuff because it is a schlep to file it. But a concertina folder is, is quite Just helpful. Just pop it right in there. And How many years should you be keeping those things for? That's the I other was thing. afraid you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, dep- it depends on what it is. For tax, we advocate 12 years. Oh, 12, 12 okay. years, definitely. Uh, for medical records, if you are a medical practitioner, there are different rules. Um, okay. And you do have to keep medical records. So that, so, you know, if you, if you're a doctor, you, you would know how yeah, long to keep yeah. it for. When it comes to other items, so many of these items, like bank statements, are available online. And they have been available online for the last 10, 15 years. That there is honestly no reason for you to keep a printed bank mm. statement. And we, we shred it. We get rid of it immediately because we prove to them that you can go and get it online mm. if you ever need it. Chances are you don't. You don't. Well, you that don't. reminds me, and I, I was showing Abel the state of my purse earlier, and I said, it's a thing. I keep slips for everything. And I blame that on my mother because she says, what if they say you didn't pay? Like 10 months down the line. And it's a thing with my husband, and he says, like, and has that when ever happened clean? to you? No, he asked Never. me the same question. Yeah. Has it happened? I said, no, no it hasn't happened. No. But it's there and my purse can't close. So you can start before you leave. You can start with my purse. Okay. <laughs> it's like your safety blanket. <laughs> like my, purse. It's my blanket. Rebecca's purse. All right. Another voice note about clothes. And I think this is something that we, we all battle with. Hi, Rebecca. I'm the worst. I still have all my corporate clothes. I've left corporate in 2009, but I have suits for Africa that is sitting in my cupboard. I just can't get rid of clothes and I keep on buying. I do give away some, but sure, clothes is a big problem for me. Bye. I keep those because I'm like, what if... What if I'm those, a size 32 at some point ever again, which is never going to happen? Those are know. your just-in-case clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like John's shoes. Exactly. <laughs> if I could paint the house, I'll squeeze into a size 32. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we, we have, we dealt with a, a, a hoarder, um, and she really, she, she had one room in her house, which was her hoarding room, and she wouldn't let us into this room, and we were moving her into a retirement village, and eventually, on the last day, she let us into it, and kind of had to squeeze in the door to get in. I couldn't even open the door, oh. and I went in there, and she she literally had piles and piles and piles of clothes of the same style in different colors, still with their tags on it. And it was almost like it was a shopping addiction. That's, wow. that's what it was. Um, and we, we, we held them up to her and she had gone from a size 22 to a size 8. Wow. Yeah, she had, she had some health issues and she had kept all those sizes. Well, you see, that you'd want to keep because it's proof. <laughs> It's, it's proof you've done so well. Yeah, it's a, it's a little <laughs> bit like that memory okay, box. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so so don't live in the past. Don't but, live in the size but, twenty-two. But that, that's what I keep on saying. You kind of want to look forward, and and with with adopting an attitude of a slightly more minimal wardrobe. I'm not saying get rid of everything, but adopting an attitude of getting of having clothes that fit into your wardrobes, that they're not spilling out into your second and third and yeah. fourth guest bedrooms. You will you. You will be able to manage your wardrobe. If you're holding on to, like your caller, if she's holding on to corporate clothing from 2009, wow. chances are, number one, it's out of style. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to be the laughing stock of the people around you, well, then hold on to it. It's fine. Try wearing if you're, it. Yeah. If you're holding on to it because of the value of what you paid for it back then, and I find that that often is a very big problem. It's like the oak dining room table story. Yes, yes. Then you must realize that you've paid the money, you've worn the clothes, and that's okay. If you paid 5,000 Rand for a suit, 
it's okay. You've worn it and it's fine. It was your choice. But holding on to it and putting it in the cupboard, mm. it's not earning your money in the cupboard. Mm. You're not wearing it. It's causing you most emotional distress every time you open that cupboard. And I could hear by the tone of her voice, she's saying, oh, Rebecca, I've got a problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> admitting it is step one. Well, well exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So the emotion mm. attached to that stuff. So you ask yourself those questions. Is it earning your money in the closet? Can you recondition no? it? Can you cut it up and C- turn it into C- something correct, else? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Or are there people out there? Are there charities out there? Are there people that need the clothes? Mm. See, I'm guilty. I keep like all my party clubbing clothes. I say for my daughter, when she, when she clubs, she's never going to get clothes of this quality, the fashion. So, but I know. I know she would probably not want to wear moth eaters things all right somebody wants to talk about his mum i'm sending this voice note on behalf of my mom when my brother and i moved out the house she converted both our bedrooms into walk-in closets my old bedroom being like an old technorama technology museum the wall cabinet the box tv the old stereo the vhs the sony beta cam uh the bronzed boots the lava lamp that statue with the strings that the oil runs down from doilies i think my mom could probably cover the house in doilies (laughs) i don't see doilies coming back anytime soon my brother's room is just filled with daniel Steele books uh in at blighton books uh <laughs> Probably uh, an archive for Media 24's Haste Notes and You Magazine and People Magazine. And her cupboard, she works with a handbag filing system. She still has receipts from my primary school years of school fees. I'm 40, <laughs> by the way. And when you mention it, she says, just leave my stuff alone. Uh, that's in case they say she didn't pay school fees on <laughs> I can tell he's upset. Shame. But, but you know, Yvette, I mean, we can laugh at it because, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's it's ridiculous. But from your caller's mom's perspective, it's very real. And as he mentioned, this all started when him and his brother left home. Yeah. And there is definitely something emotional. We call it emotional speed humps. Um, there is definitely an emotional speed hump that happened there that could have caused her to hold on to that stuff because of her kids leaving home. And mm. I'm not a psychologist, but we have seen this in several cases mm. where we, you know, we, we cannot change our clients' minds to, yeah. to get rid of that stuff. And it's not possible. And it's, it's an emotional issue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I would recommend to, to the caller is that a social worker is probably the best, the best thing to do if she, if she is living mm. with the, with the threat of, um, of disease or filth or squalor or yes. something like that. From the sounds of it, you know, she's just living with doilies. That's, <laughs> And he, and he can't go visit. He's got nowhere to sleep. Correct. He can't go visit. <laughs> and if she's happy with this stuff, it's not causing her distress. Let oh. it be. And, and there's somebody saying, you know, this is an awesome topic. My mom passed on 16 years ago. My sister still holds on to most of her clothes and stuff. Also holding on to oversized clothes that doesn't look good at all. How can we help her? We gave up. We have like a few seconds, Kirsten, to answer that one. I, if, if I'm all about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. If she, if it's causing the daughter distress, but not the mother, then it's the daughter's problem. It's not the mom's problem. 
Okay. And somebody suggesting donating to hospice as well. Several around Gauteng, they will take almost everything. Uh, the person with insurance documents that are written off and sold off cars, I still have pay slips. Okay, no, that's got to go. All right. Unfortunately, we had all these, uh, these, these messages that just came pouring in now towards <laughs> the end, but we do have to say goodbye. Thank you so much, Kirsten Jensen, founder of SoSorted.co.za. Those of you who we couldn't get uh, to your to your queries, you know where to find her. She can help you. Uh, I'm going to be the first customer, so wait for me to, to, to book that one. Thank you so much.